0: Welcome everyone to Pastor Rob's podcast today. We have another great show for you lined up today and can't wait to get started. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, Have a very special guest with us today. uh, Reverend Gary Davidson, missionary for many years to Ireland and still working with Ireland for the Assemblies of God organization. Great, great organization. Um, So... Uh, I don't know what to call you today. Okay. You know, I want to call you Uncle Gary. Well, call me Uncle Gary. <laughs> can, can I call you Uncle <laughs> you Gary? I want to make sure Gary. that's okay. I don't know if you want me to call you, uh, you know, Brother Davidson. or <laughs> Gary. I feel uncomfortable with that because I've called you Uncle Gary pretty much most of the time I've known you.
1: Well, mom called me Gary, so she was happy with it, so you call me Gary. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I think I'm gonna call you Uncle Gary. There we go. <laughs> I want to give you that uncle respect, okay? Yes. Uh so uh first of all, let's talk about the service last night. Uncle Gary, wow, what a what a powerful move of God. What a I told Robbie last night we were sitting down kind of relaxing after church, you know, and and uh Robbie and I were just talking about what a powerful word you preached for us last night. You want to comment on that? I know that people were, our folks were very receptive to you last night and uh, enjoyed this message.
1: Well, the folks were receptive because they love prayer and they love the working of the Holy Spirit. So we were basically just talking about how the Holy Spirit works through our lives. Even in times when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit with a big S prays through us. Through the fullness of the spirit and through the gift of tongues and uh yeah that was just coming through last night and the response i think the whole church responded
0: it's powerful yeah but i think what impressed me most was when you came to the part of your sermon where we don't know how to pray yeah. And that when we get in the Spirit, capital S, right? Yes. We yes. get in the Spirit and He's praying through us. Yes, Then that's when real opportunity for answered prayer begins to take place. That impressed me so much. I've right. read that a thousand times, but I, I guess I never connected it with that. Like you did.
1: Well, I think when we look at that, Paul, the great apostle, says, sometimes I don't know how to pray. And yet, out of my weakness, the Spirit prays through me. Well, if Paul struggled praying, we do too, because we're all like passion, as it says about Elijah. So when we struggle with our prayer, then we let the Holy Spirit just kind of begin to pray through us. And there's those times in the Spirit that we begin to pray, and we pray, and we don't even know what we're praying. But the Bible says the Spirit prays through us, and the Spirit understands, and the Spirit speaks to the Father, and we see answered prayer as we pray in these situations. So it was just such a response of the people understanding how uh, how fragile we are and we're all very flawed and so on and yet whenever the Spirit comes, it begins to pray through us. Just thank God for the gift of Spirit and for the, you know, uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit aren't an accessory item, they're a lifestyle God wants us to live in and wants to live in daily in our lives and be open and they're not just confined to the to the church building to a service on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or whenever, uh, God wants us to flow in it and be open to it and sensitive to it, understanding even those we're speaking to, understanding where they're coming from and their culture. So I always tell people whenever God gives you word for somebody, remember, uh, Jesus didn't prophesy in the King James. <laughs> but just being sensitive, I sense God has this to say to you. God wants to encourage you and i'm sensing in my spirit the lord is wanting to say this to you and you just take off and you watch people respond you realize it's the spirit doing it we're not doing it they're not doing it it's the spirit
0: well uh you know the altar service last night was what really impressed me uh, uncle gary all the people in the altars probably 90 percent of our That's folks right. really responded i mean they were down there really praying
1: And they were serious. They
0: were serious. I mean, it was great. I mean, don't you love it when the word that God gives you connects you with the congregation? Absolutely. And then the results in the altar, you see that, you know, you just feel good to be a part of that, right?
1: I feel good, and I feel humbled by it. Yeah. Because I just think, how can me, a flawed vessel, hear so clearly from the Lord, and then follow through and be obedient, and I find myself sitting aside just saying, God, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you can speak like this so clearly. In fact, sometimes we'll be driving home after service, and I'll say to my wife, Wilma, did, did you hear what happened? I mean, how does God do that? Because he works through us because we're obedient, we're pliable. We also understand that we're not so taken with our own selves and that it's about us. It's not about us. It's about what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do through us. And God wants to touch His people, encourage them, build them up in the Holy Spirit, just like it said in the Word there in Jude, building ourselves up. Yes. Building ourselves up yes. in the Holy Spirit, praying yes. in the Spirit, yes. praying in the Spirit.
0: Amen. That's really powerful, Uncle Gary. Um, uh, tell the, tell our audience today uh, about your calling, a little bit about your ministry, because, you know, I, I know a lot about that, but our audience doesn't, and I'm, I mean... I have to tell you, Uncle Gary, I have a lot of respect for you and Aunt Wilma. I mean, what you've done for God, and you've been such a blessing to our family. Uh, Of course, Robbie, you know, she speaks so highly of both of you, and of course I do too. Uh, We have a lot of deep respect for you. And a lot of the folks, and I, you know, my favorite book here is on the back of my shelf, Like a Prairie Fire, and I read in there about you a lot. So. Uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why I love that book so much. Reading about Robbie's family, and and their calling. But tell us a little bit about your calling and
1: well, and you know I how God
0: brought you to this place.
1: Yeah, I wasn't uh, raised in an overtly Christian home. Although I had a had a great father and mother. Dad put vision in me. Dad had some issues in his life. My mother was English, and uh, mom and dad met during the war, and uh, the uh, and I was born right at the end of World War Two. In England, and then a year and a half after the war was over, Dad had already been brought back to the States, and uh, then Mom and I followed. And uh, I still remember a story my mother shared with me whenever I was uh, when I was about ten or eleven years old. I, my mom was working away in the kitchen. We were uh, I was helping her, and I wasn't very interested in what I was doing. And I remember, Mom looked, gets this faraway look in her eye, and she says, uh, "Son, I need to tell you a story." And uh, she told us of the ship. The old Queen Mary came into the harbor, in New York, and she was so. Uh, she saw the, the expanse uh, of the North Atlantic behind her, thousands of miles from her family and everything that she was comfortable with. And then, uh, and then she looked at uh, as they were docking. She saw hundreds of of uh, women with their children, and she thought they were there to welcome her or welcome the 2,500 that were on the ship, but you realize these were uh, women who had come to America, married to American GIs, getting ready to go back, because when they arrived here, it wasn't as they thought. And a great fear came upon her, and Mom said she went to the back of the ship and cried out and said, God, surely there's a God in heaven. You got a plan for this baby boy 18 months, and, uh, and I believe somewhere, somehow, some way, you'll use him. For your glory I was 10 years old and I never forgot that and I actually mom passed away about eight months ago and as as it was she said you're to uh, speak uh, give the eulogy at my uh, funeral service bring the message and of course I told that story and uh, mom was 101 when she passed but that prayer she prayed as a 24 year old uh, GI bride resonated in my spirit and I would say to people that are listening, you prayed for your kids, you prayed for your grandkids. Trust in the God you've spoken to. Trust that He will bring it to pass. Amen.
0: Amen. Wow, that's so powerful, Uncle Gary. And it, it's really interesting how that God guides our lives, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, I think yeah. about my own life. Yeah. I mean. I'm not gonna get into my family background, what I came through, I don't, I don't wanna get into all that. But for me to end up where I'm at today is really a miracle. It, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just beyond my imagination or my ability as a human to even think that this is even possible,
1: that I'm here in this place where I'm at right now.
0: You know, it, it's just amazing.
1: It, isn't it amazing how that our lives and gods intersect and we have a moment of divine destiny and literally the trajectory of our lives and the lives of those around us change forever because i had a pastor come to my home i mentioned it last night for four and a half years visit our home in us. we never darken the door of his church and i would just say to pastors out there keep plowing keep giving keep trusting keep knocking on those doors because who knows you see, he was knocking on the door of a boy a fourteen years old, running around in a ragged T shirt and shorts barefooted. He was knocking on the door of a home with that boy who would one day, God in his grace, would use him to raise up a whole movement in another nation. He didn't know that. Yeah. He was just being faithful to the call.
0: That's just that just boggles my mind, Uncle Gary. I it just goes I mean, how can you deny the existence of God oh, yeah. when you see this happen in like your life, my yeah. life, and others who have made an impact in the, for the gospel and God had brought them up almost like Moses, right? That's right. That's almost right. like the life of Moses. Yeah. I mean, and what I love about it is even though the word has been written, God is still calling men yes. in very special ways ways and still bringing them to the forefront to preach the gospel and make an impact on their world. Absolutely. It's just, it blows my
1: mind. Well, that brother, brother James Mabry, he's with the Lord now. But brother James Mabry was Jesus with skin on in our family. And he kept knocking on that door. And one day I ended up going to church there. I had no intention of being there, but it just so happened. And my best friend kind of manipulated the situation. (laughs) I had a date, but I didn't have a car. He had a car. He didn't have a date. So, so he I know says, where this is oh, going. Oh yeah. So he says, "I tell you what, if you'll, uh, if uh, you'll come to church, you can have my car the whole weekend." Well, when you're 19 years old, you'll even go to Pentecostal church to get to use a car for three days. And I went that night, and uh, halfway through the service, the spirit of God came, and uh, just a word was given, and I knew it was me. And the next thing I know, uh, God's in my heart. God's setting me free. And uh, a couple of days later, I heard about the fullness of the Spirit. God, uh, in His graciousness, gave me that gift. You know, people say, you got to do this to get it, that to get it, no, it's a gift. We don't earn it, He gives it to us by His grace. And literally, the trajectory of my life changed forever. Not only my life, but you know, it went through my whole family. And uh, literally, that pastor's visit to my home, all those years, and interacting with me and my family and my best friend, coming to the Lord, and so on—it's now gone to four generations. Rob, think about that, just from a guy, yeah, knocking on the door. It's amazing. Being faithful, just being pastoral. Just like the, of course, we're here to uh, to honor and and uh, remember and celebrate the life of uh, uh, Pastor Robert Norman. And uh, somebody asked me last night what I thought about him. I said, Pastor Robert always had the smell of the sheep on
0: him. Mm -hmm. He
1: loved his sheep. He took care of his sheep. And uh, that's what God wants. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, You know, thinking back uh, when I didn't have a ride to church several times, I was 15 when I first started and didn't have my license. pastor would show up in his, uh, which I thought was a pretty hot car. You know, he had a 72 Chevelle, oh, four-door. Oh, my. Oh my brother, that car was amazing. It was. How would you like to be picked up by the pastor and ushered to the front doors of the church with that car? Yeah. I always felt he didn't drive it fast enough.
1: No, he, probably, <laughs> he probably didn't. He was probably spending as much time as he could with that 15-year-old boy.
0: Yeah. of course, bad. I walked into the church, you know, and got saved. And that's a long story of how that happened. I don't want to get into that, but. I saw this young teenage girl up on the platform playing the piano. I fell in love with her immediately. We started dating right away. And uh, we've pretty much been together ever since. You wow. Know. Wow. Yeah. What a blessing. Yeah, what it was a blessing. It was, it was, it was a blessing. Yeah. God I goes
1: before orders or steps. Oh. You know, and. Had uh, no
0: idea I'd be marrying the pastor's daughter. You know, had no idea this was going to happen. This, you know, all this. Looking back, but it's just just the miraculous hand of God over your life and the calling of God, His divine path for you. That's right. And you just taking all the right turns and taking all the right measures to be able to do that and get that done. I just, looking back, I'm just so blessed.
1: Yeah. And and being obedient, you know, I mean, you had to be obedient. God wants to do it in every life. Right. Every life that's ever been knitted together in His mother's womb, God wants to do it exactly there are those that respond and we responded you responded i responded and uh... somebody said to me i'm seventy eight years old and taking on another role right now where i have a responsibility uh, for over for nearly a hundred uh, uh... missionaries global workers we call them now working overseas plus uh... fifty locally and so on and all their families and uh... I, somebody asked me the other day said uh... uh how do you feel about this? I said, I can't believe it's seven, eight years old. I'm still getting to do what I love.
0: And this is just keep in mind, this is only over the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, it's just right. Just, just the state the of state. Oklahoma yeah. for yeah. the AG. Yeah, it would amazing. be amazing.
1: Yeah, well, we like to say out of Oklahoma, the sun never sets on an OK AG global worker somewhere in the world preaching the gospel.
0: Wow, it's just because it's
1: mind. all about his command, isn't it? Jesus yes, it said, is. Go ye, go yes, it ye. Is. Go us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So, uh, you know, it wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment. And if we're going to be obedient to what the Lord calls. I remember somebody saying to me once, Rob, a few years ago, I'd been in Ireland at that time for 35 years, and they said, how did you stay in Ireland for 35 years away from your family? And I had never thought about it in my first response without even thinking was, I never had an option because I didn't have an option. It was either obey the Lord. What, what's the old saying? Either He's Lord of all, or He's not Lord at all. Right. So my I, I God told me to go to Ireland, and then He never told me to go anywhere else. So I figured I was supposed to stay there, and uh, and stayed there till in my 70s. And we go back three or four times a year, and seen some marvelous things happen there. But we got to be obedient to His command. Praise God. Yeah.
0: Why, why why, do you think, Uncle Gary, it's so important for us to support missions in the church? I know you already mentioned the Great Commission. Well, I, I, wrote, I wrote an article years ago for our organization in our Messenger magazine. And in that magazine, uh, I said this. And, of course, I got a lot of flack. I mean, I got response that was extremely negative. I mean, I was really crucified for the statement I made. So I want to share it with you. And... Uh, So I said, when it, you won't, I I don't think you will. The missionaries love it. So I said, when it comes to missions, we have to do, there's three things that can happen when it comes to missions. Number one, we are sending people to the mission field. And if we're not doing that, then we need to be supporting them on the mission field. And if we're not doing either of those two, then we're sinning. When I made that statement, boy, I really got Shanghai. I'm I serious. You, did. you know, Because those are the responses. We're either sending, we're supporting, or we're sinning. That's right. What do you think of that statement?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> what do you think about it? You just made it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we're... Isn't it obedience? Yes. Isn't it simple obedience? Simple and, obedience. Uh, you know, I can remember the first time I heard a missionary after came to the Lord. And uh, we, we were on a very small income, had been married that long. And uh, I mean, we made like a $3 pledge and, uh, and then a $5 pledge in it. But there's was something in my heart. And uh, and I became convinced. Therefore, when I first came to the Lord, I thought God was speaking to me about the mission field. And then I became convinced I would never go when I thought I was send. I will back them, and I will send that. And so I'd have missionaries, I'd have conventions and they'd share their burden and share their stories and I'd weep and cry and everyone that came, I wanted to go with them, you know. But I knew the Lord uh, had me right where he was at. And uh, so I was pastoring thinking I'm gonna be here for the next, uh, till Jesus comes is what I told the kids. And then sovereignly, uh, God spoke to me about Ireland and just confirmed it. I didn't know anybody in Ireland. The God of heaven did. Wow. And he knew the all way. these people. I mean, I remember right after we arrived there, I remember this lady came up to me and she said, I came to the Lord year, uh, about a year ago. I found out about the fullness of the Spirit. I came into the fullness of the Spirit. God did a work in my life. And he told me then, I'm going to send you a pastor. And she said, I didn't know what a pastor was. I had to look it up. And because he was in a traditional church and so on, and she understood what priest was, but not what pastor was. And she said several have come. And when they would come, I'd say, "Lord, is this the one?" She'd say, "No." And the Lord to say, "No." I said then when you got up and shared your testimony, God said, "That's the one." And I thought that's the reason He called me, because I remember somebody prophesying over us before we ever went back in '79, and said, "I'm calling you to be a, go among a people that are sheep without a shepherd." And we arrived there, and the people had been swept into through a move of the Spirit called Charismatic Renewal. But they needed a teacher and they needed a pastor. And uh, so that prophecy came to pass, came to pass, and that lovely lady Mary who's now with the Lord, and I became her pastor. God was already setting it up on that side. So why wouldn't he call me? Because these were people that needed somebody to love them, to pastor them. They needed what I had in my life. James Maybrick, Pastor James Maybrick, what you had in your life, yes. Pastor Robert Norman. God. And they needed a Pastor Gary Davidson in their life. And so the Lord called us there, and then God began to raise up the, the work there for his goodness.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I guess anyone could have mentored me, but you'll never know how grateful I am to God. Pastor Robert Norman mentored me, and he truly mentored me. I'm going to tell you, that man mentored me. And one of the main things he taught me as a pastor was the mission field and how important it was to support missions. I've never actually been on a mission field. I helped build a church one time in in Mexico and helped fund that project. And that, that was very rewarding. But most of my time has been pastoring and supporting missions. And he taught me that. And he taught me to give and make, make a real commitment to missions. I did this years ago. Um, you know, here at Clovis, uh, uh, right at fifteen percent of our tithe budget, whatever comes in in tithe, fifteen percent of it automatically goes to the mission field. Wow. We send it out every month, Uncle Gary. You probably didn't know that. And well, I was, our I was budget, you, yeah. our yeah. budget is approximately seventy thousand dollars annually for our missions wow. and missionaries we don't all support PCG yeah. there's a couple of AG um missionaries we support we love to support them too as well we're not we're not just tied down to PCG we wow. we just love supporting the work of God where it's successful that's another thing my pastor told me he said I'd never dump money into something that's not producing fruit that's right he he made that very clear to me yes that's a waste of God's money and so we make sure there's good fruit, you know, in that project or in that missionary, that they're producing uh, good fruit. And of course, we've never had any issues with that. So,
1: You know, I would just, uh, and uh, that's exactly what I'd expect uh, from Pastor Robert Norman, but uh, it's important to know where your money's going. Yes. And everybody that's on television and radio is not necessarily really serving overseas. There are a lot of what I call tourist missionaries. And some people don't want me to say that, but I want to say it again. Tourist missionaries, they want to live over here, run back and forth, and do a few big things, blow it up on some social media somewhere. Where I got off uh, a Zoom the other day with a couple that's working in a very sensitive area and working among the people that are militantly against them. People are being martyred there for the faith. They're doing such a great work but you'll never hear it on social media because they can't afford it to be on there. I can't even say their names on here, but they are doing a phenomenal work, raising up in villages that's never been reached with the gospel, raising up uh, discipleship groups, little home groups, and uh, preparing them for ministry, sorting out a leader there and discipling them, and they've got scores of those groups in the area that has been previously unreached with the gospel. But if word got out, they'd probably lose their lives. Mm. They're doing such work. So I say to people, investigate where you put your money. We're we're stewards of our money. That's right. And just because somebody comes in with a with a great story, I always go back. I've had people say to me, Well, I've built this church and that church, and I'd say, Where? Well, you know no? Where? I want to know where. And it's like, Well, how would you question me? Well, I'm responsible. Yeah. Rob, you're responsible. Absolutely. I mean, this church here. Uh, you know and what well, probably has never won an, an average of 200 or so right yeah probably 130 right. or, and so on and yet over a 10-year period gave over a million dollars to missions yeah that's right it and happened I know, yes and I know a church like that in in, uh, in Western Oklahoma that really rose and fell with the oil boom and when the oil was big you know their offerings were big and they had a great commitment to uh, missions but uh, when it was down they would go out on a Saturday and cut wood, the church wood, the church uh, men would cut wood and sell it to make their mission pledges until the oil began to boom again. And then they were fine. And you know, God is going to honor them. I think of the brother that led that work, his name is Orville White, and he's with the Lord. And I think of Brother Robert Norman mm-hmm. here, who's with the Lord, and the millions those two churches gave, not huge churches, but significant in what they did. And I promise you, brother Orville and brother Robert, don't neglect one dollar right. they gave, because right. they're meeting people on the other side That's right. because of what they gave. That they've
0: impacted. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know. And of course, we've honored Pastor uh, Robert Norman uh, with our lives, with our dedication, uh, because of what he's done for us, you know. That's why Clovis PCG will always be a mission-supporting church. Yeah. You know, it's just always going to be that way. We're not going to have it any other way. And uh, uh, Clovis is unique. You know, they thought when I was taken over as pastorate that, you know, you know, they thought, well, the budget for missions is going to go down because, you know, pastor gave a lot of the tithe to missions. Now they have to support a pastor, you know. Uh, but it's not turned out that way. No, our no, budget no. is still 70 grand a year just like it was for him oh, And God has blessed us rewarded oh, yes. us for that yeah. and we're looking forward to doing more Robbie and I have already discussed that and talked about it and so it's you know It's our life. It's our life and God's blessed our church because of it. Uncle Gary you know, I, I wished every pastor could get this. I wish they could in our organization I was bishop, you know, for 14 years, so I know what the percentages are. 35% of our churches in Central Cal gave faithfully to missions. That might be a small amount to a large amount, okay? 35% of our churches, that's all. I, I, can, can you imagine, brother, if every church did their part? We have a program in our church called All-in-One. So that means everybody's involved with missions, whether it's one dollar, or whether it's twenty-five dollars a month, or whether it's a thousand dollars a month, we want everybody to participate. That's our goal. Yes. So far, we've been able to do that. Even the kids participate. They all they give to missions. It's not just our missions gets a percentage of the type base, but we also promote missions with every family in the church. It's that important, you know. And, and part I've, of the great. And I've Commission. watched
1: this in churches over the years and great churches and, and uh, smaller churches and uh, give. Because I say it's not, about, uh, it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. Yes. Because uh, some people, Amen. you know, my mother, uh, there she was, 100 years old, and every time I'd go see her, she, sh- she would say, because uh, my brother was handling her account, because her administrator, after she went into nursing care, and she'd say, I sure hope he's remembered to pay my tithes and my mission offering. And uh, it it was amazing. Uh, Mom never had a big salary because she lost my dad when she was only 49 had to go out and start working, cleaning homes to begin with and so on, but she was consistent. Now, Mom's been in heaven eight months and uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Robert's been up there a little over a week and I bet they don't regret one <laughs> no, they gave. They, you reckon? <laughs> no,
0: no, they don't regret it, and they're probably very happy that they, they, they gave. Yeah. Uh, you
1: know, I'd like to, I'd like to just encourage, because I know we're drawing to a close here, but I'd like to just encourage some pastors out there, not only about your mission giving, but just by the example of two men that affected my life and your life, Pastor yes. Robert Norman and Pastor. Uh, James Mabry that are both in heaven now. I hope they've met up and and uh, talking about their spiritual sons Gary and Rob down here but uh, imagine him coming knocking on the door of a 14 year old boy and imagine Pastor Robert and that Chevelle with that uh, good looking teenage daughter <laughs> picking you up. That 15 year old had no idea that one of you had raise up an international work and and uh, one, of the, one would become a bishop uh, for 13 years. What they were doing, they couldn't see that. All they could see is a boy that wanted, that needed Jesus. Right. And they kept knocking on the door. They kept showing up. Somebody asked me one time, uh, what, what was the main principle and key to uh, what many would see as success in Ireland? And my first thought was, I just kept showing up. I just kept yes, showing God. up just making myself available and and I think that's what happened last night. We just all showed up, made ourselves available, Holy Spirit comes, we're flawed vessels, but uh, you know he We loves show us.
0: up and God shows off. Yeah, there you
1: go. Oh, that's good. Did you come up with that for yourself? <laughs> no, I <Bye. laughs> can't. I can't.
0: I heard someone say that one time Uncle Gary. I can't take credit for you that. Credit I'd like that. to in, in front of our audience and in front of you most certainly, but I got to tell you no I did not take that. I can't take credit for that. You know, I heard it.
1: You know something I'd love to see. this what I'd love to see, and we get we got this recording this. Yeah. I'd love to see you and Robbie come to Ireland. Oh, we'd that. And we'd, we'd love be that. there, and you could meet our. You would love our pastors, and they would love you and Robbie. Oh, and, love it. Uh, and uh, it would be such a blessing to them because Wilma's told the story about her father, you know, and sure. nearly dying and falling off that ninety-foot cliff, right. and and Grandpa. Uh, and they yeah, Grandpa, and you get to. Uh, get to meet them, and get to see what the Lord's doing. So uh, uh, so all of you PCG Clovis people that are listening, remember that. Yeah, Start writing those checks and we'll bring them over. Amen. <laughs> and
0: start praying that Robbie will get brave enough to leave the country. Well, that's
1: right. That's right. Well, you know, just give her a bunch of melatonin or whatever and just get her knocked out. David, David Wilson. in his early years, he couldn't fly. He had to have a doctor fly with him, give him an injection. Here was a guy took on the gangs of New York, but he couldn't. He was a coward to be on a plane. Now, God healed him of it. And, sure. and I remember he came to Ireland spent a week with us. It was phenomenal. But, yeah, the Lord's going to heal her. So y'all yeah, can come over God. together. Well, I'd love to do it. Oh, I'd yeah. love to do it. Well, listen,
0: Uncle Gary, uh, we've taken uh, a lot of time today, but it, it was well worth it. And uh, listen, I want you to pray for us Amen. as we close, okay? Amen. Would you would you just pray for, for our audience today? Would you do that, please? Let's just pray.
1: And I would just say, I just felt compelled to just go back to that again. Glory. To a pastor out there that you've been knocking on some doors, and sometimes you nearly backed off, and uh, the reception has never been what you thought. But the Spirit of the Lord would say, knock one more time Praise four God. and a half years Praise every God. other month Pastor James maybe knocked Praise on God. our door Praise and then he saw the fruit of his work God. and uh, I just encourage you pastors that are out there you want to do more for missions and just asking the Lord to help you send in some people that'll get under the load with you that you don't have to carry it yourself. Praise I, just, and I speak over this church we're so blessed by your commitment to revival, Pastor Rob, meeting here regularly to pray every day for revival. And uh, I yes, believe when Jesus. we call every on day. the Lord, He's going to hear us every day. Why would we pray? if he doesn't hear us. Yes. And so, Lord, I ask you to speak to yes. hearts. Yes. I ask you to encourage hearts. Praise. I pray we would re- be reminded, Lord, Praise that you God. gave us the Holy Praise Spirit, God. not just as uh, an accessory item to say, this Praise is God. makes us whoever we are. No, you gave it to us to walk in a daily lifestyle of the Praise Spirit God. in our lives. Praise encourage, God. build up, building ourselves up by praying yes. in the Holy Spirit with a capital yes. S. Love you, Lord. We just speak blessing over Pastor Rob over Thank you, God. we speak blessing over Rob Sister Robbie and we speak blessing over Sister Cynthia Norman. Yes, God. There's an empty chair at the table. Bless Mother. But Lord, she has lost her prince. Yeah, bless her mother. But the king bless is still God. with her. We just speak blessing. We just ask this in Jesus. Encourage us, build us up when we walk and fulfill your purpose in our life. Praise God.
0: Amen amen so powerful uncle gary thank you for being with us today i know you're getting on a plane heading back to oklahoma today and i just want you to know we love you we really appreciate you so much i know we joke around a lot but you're you're a great man of god and we love you well that's it for today we'll see you next time on pastor rob's podcast you asked for the podcast this week and uh we've been a little late with it but we're giving you an overdose today you just enjoy this it's really great you just all have a great day today okay god bless you was...